this is Erin. I'm Melissa. And we're Trending Spokane, a weekly podcast all about the latest in the Lilac City. Finding out what is happening right now in Spokane can be overwhelming, but not if you're an insider. Join us as we shine light onto the latest happenings and chat about the future of our city. Each episode will introduce you to people you want to know, places you need to visit, and local knowledge you can't live without. We will help you get out and get involved. Episodes are dropping soon, and make sure to hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts now. Destiny Richards joined the 4 News Now team in January 2020 as a multimedia journalist and reporter for Good Morning Northwest. Destiny previously worked as a photojournalist and multimedia journalist at the CBS affiliate in Amarillo, Texas. She is from the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex and graduated from the University of North Texas in 2016. Destiny is an indoorsy person at heart and enjoys watching her favorite movies and TV shows, playing video games, and doing just about anything that's creative or relaxing. Thank you to our sponsor, Inland Imaging, for helping support our podcast. Inland Imaging has the highest level of breast imaging expertise in the region. They have nine board-certified breast imaging radiologists, a large number of dedicated mammographers, breast sonographers, breast MRI technologists, and they're all at the top of their field and ready to help if you need it. They are the region's only network of breast imaging centers of excellence recognized by the American College of Radiology. With imaging centers conveniently located throughout the Spokane area and throughout the Inland Northwest, making an appointment at your preferred time and location comes with ease. Pair that with their advanced integrated electronic network to ensure your medical records are kept secure and your images read quickly so you have your results as soon as possible. Can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and how you got started in journalism? Yeah, so I basically have always loved writing from an early age. I used to write poems when I was a little kid, and I wrote, like, stories and things like that. I've always had a wild imagination, and from there, I just wanted to do something with writing, and so that's taken many forms over the years. In high school, I was in um, newspaper. I actually took my first journalism class when I was a sophomore in high school, and that kind of got me got me my first introduction into journalism. Um, and then it was later that I joined newspaper. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I kind of wanted to at one point be like the next Oprah. So I was like, that's uh, how I guess I could get into TV journalism. I kind of wanted something to like, um, kind of break me out of my shell, because I was always a very quiet, introverted person. And I was like, I feel like being a person that's on TV would be really fun. It would be a way to do writing, but also do that too. And I used to like do my own TV shows like at home with myself and, and all of that. So um, somehow that, that ended up into a major in TV journalism. So a lot of different reasons that that came about. (laughs) That is Mm -hmm. so sweet. I used to pretend like I was on TV too. It's funny how you end up in this. So I would do that. I was an, or I am an only child. So I would like just play pretend and do things like that at home. And so it kind of just (laughs) turned into that. So a bunch of different factors that led to that. It wasn't like a one, one path. I want to be a TV journalist. So yeah, Yeah. just kind of fell into it. Well, that sounds like so much fun. Now you get to live your dream every day. I know. Yeah. I would love to know, what is a day like in the life of a multimedia journalist? So it's been different, like, since I first started in Amarillo. So I worked, like, normal people hours back then, um, covering, like, you know, different hard-hitting stories and things like that. But as a morning reporter, I get to do more light stuff. So um, I wake up much earlier than I used to, that's for sure. Um, I'd say I go to bed around... I try to be in bed by 7.30, um, and then I wake up any time between 1.45 and 3 in the morning. 
Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I just get ready for work, drive to work, and um, I, like, write, like, what the anchors are going to say for my live shots, write what my script is going to be, and then go to the live shot location. But, um, yeah, that's very different from what I used to do and what my colleagues do in, in the daytime. So um, that's a day in a life for me. And then once I do the four hits between 5 a.m. and 7 a.m., turn that into a full story for the evening shows, and I'm gone home by 1230 on a good day. Whoa, <laughs> that's wild. Yeah. yeah. So That's a condensed you, version of it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So mm. when you get there, do you know what you're going to cover, or do they kind of say, oh, hey, this happened overnight, and – Start writing about it. <laughs> so I work because it's so early in the morning. You can't like say, hey, can you go live with us at five in the morning, literally the next day. I try to plan things out at least three to five days in advance. Like if I'm going to do a live shot at a location. Um, but sometimes breaking news happens and that could be something that develops like the day before or it could be something that happens that morning. And then I have to unfortunately like cancel the live shot and um, and do that all morning. But I try my best to plan in advance, but things can always change. Yeah, there's always different news stories popping up every single second of every day. And in this 24-hour news cycle, you've got to be on point. Speaking of stories, what is a story or series that you've worked on that you're most proud of? Oh, gosh. That's um, a big one. Huh? Yeah, that is. <laughs> Over the past two years, I've covered all kinds of things. Like, just like as a morning reporter, I feel like that gives you the most range of things to cover. Sometimes I do the fun, lighthearted stuff, going to restaurants, new restaurants, things like that. Um, but also, COVID happened like a month and a half after I started. So I've done many things about like how um, people have been helping each other, how um, places and businesses have pivoted. Um, yeah, all sorts of things. So I feel like the most rewarding things I've done were not only informing people about those changes, but also showing people like, here's still some fun things you can do while all this craziness is happening. So um, just like some things that have been really nice to do are like Green Bluff stories have been great because that's like outside, fresh outdoors. And and Green Bluff was always happening um, even during the pandemic. So uh, that was really fun. Um, there have been some like important stories, like whenever the first vaccine site opened, that was like a big milestone that was really fun to cover. Um, yeah, things like that. I know that's not a specific story, but just like a range of fun things as well as here's something really important, how our community is moving forward. Well, and to start your career here at KXLY during such a historic time, that's Mm -hmm. incredible. And you'll get to share that, I'm sure, in all of the interviews that you do subsequently. This is how I started. Yeah. 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 So what was it like? So you got so you got to Spokane about a month before the pandemic started. Yeah. And then you started working. So how is it going, you know, a month of normalcy and then everything happening? Like did KXLY shut down or did you work from home? Oh, yeah. So when I first started there, everything was just really normal. Like I was doing a live shot about like what to have at your Super Bowl party, like in my first week. <laughs> um, and then it was like a month and a half ish. I want to say like late February mm-hmm. was when we were hearing about COVID cases elsewhere. And then there was the first case of um, people being transferred to Spokane to be treated. Um, and that was when I like it was like a series of me just canceling live shots to cover back then we called it coronavirus yeah. <laughs> we didn't call it covid for short yeah. um and yeah that was just like 
I was covering that every single day. And then there was that day in March where like the NBA shut down and mm-hmm. it was finally like here. And so that was like all I was talking about. And I really had to pivot because, um, well, my, my reporter colleagues, they had like the ability like to work from home versus what I did. I had to like be live all the time or I was able to be in the studio cause I was the only reporter. I wasn't like around other people. Um, so I had to find stories that were about um, what people were doing differently now, what schools were doing. And that's kind of what my morning beat was, I guess. Um, but I still came in the station every single day. Just my job changed. What I was covering changed. The job looked completely different, like whenever I first started versus the rest of 2020, honestly. So it was just about finding different things to cover now that kind of events and things were kind of at a standstill, um, which the stories were there, but mm-hmm. it was just about mm-hmm. finding them. And <clears throat> it got easier as like more um, people were like, this is what we're doing now yeah. versus um, what was happening before then. And since, since you've been here since, you know, COVID and whatever we're living in now, whatever mm-hmm. this is, how have you seen people's reactions to what you do change? Have you found that people are, happy that you're around and covering things or do you find a lot of people are like why are you covering this like COVID's not over yada yada like what how has that changed and evolved (laughs) yeah so um I would say like spring 2020 it was really the time that I was covering stories about because there wasn't really a plan for schools so people were getting creative in how they were teaching their kids from home so I did a lot of stories about that I did a story about um people someone doing guitar lessons like for people staying at home how people are using zoom and virtual things to um to stay sane at home um there was how to make a mask and people were making masks for others we had a series called finding the helpers so i feel like there was a lot of we're all in this together it was very much like how do we navigate this thing together in 2020 and i feel like as we were going through like the different phases and stuff and opening and closing and then there are vaccines and all that in late 2020 but then 2021 it's definitely changed i there's like a lot more and and you guys probably know like anti-mass sentiment a lot of yep you guys are lying about everything that you're talking about with the virus and it's like we live here too we don't like this either we're just as much a part of your community too and um we've just been trying to navigate this as much as anyone and we would love to talk about anything else but we have to it's part of our job so there's definitely been a change in um, not just what we cover but definitely how people have responded to it so with how journalism has changed and there's been this polarization um in the public you know toward whether or not they support or don't support independent journalism or network journalism um, have there been any challenging situations that you've run into with having to be so accessible to the public and getting a lot of comments online and in person? Yeah, you definitely have to pick and choose your battles online um, because there's being combative with people, but there's also like this, these are the facts. This is what we have to report. This is all true. Um, so I think I've had to definitely have boundaries with social media, just like in my job in general, um, and just do my best to to inform people because this is a crazy, confusing time. Some people like want to – you can tell who wants to be informed and who already kind of has their mind made up already. So, yeah, you just have to do your best navigating social media. 
That's actually a really good tip for anyone who's involved in a discussion online, Mm -hmm. whether or not the person wants to be informed or listen to another perspective. I think that's a really good thing to have as a a litmus test, you know? Yeah. Anytime I like answer people's questions on like my tweets and stuff, um, like about COVID stories, um, I can kind of tell like who's just trying to incite things and who like really wants to know more. So Yeah. Thankfully, though, I've had more positive interactions, definitely, than negative. So you've been living in the Northwest now for two and a half years? Two years? Two years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So And a couple days. And a couple (laughs) days. Oh, my gosh. And then right before COVID. Yeah. January 13th was my two-year anniversary. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So what what has been one thing about living here maybe that surprised you or that you weren't expecting? Ooh. Um... I, I know say, that I've seen your Twitter and you said, you know, like snow and like, yeah. it was just like, oh, I no. like moved here right before like an eight day like snow hit. I was like still moving in and I was just like, oh my gosh, it's not stopping. <laughs> but thankfully we like moved in right before that and ha- didn't have to like do cross country travel, me and my dad in the snow. But um, something that surprised me, and this is kind of maybe a niche thing, I don't know, um, Every season, like, knows when to stop and when to start. Like, in Mm. Texas, there's, like, roller coaster temperatures. Like, it's really, (laughs) like, whenever it's going from hot to cold or cold to hot, like, it's going from 70 degrees to 30 degrees to 60 degrees. And here, it's, like, whenever summer's over, switch off. (laughs) (laughs) Switch is off. You're you're not going back for six months. Mm -hmm. I've been wearing stockings since I... October of last yeah. year, yeah, maybe September, um, <laughs> under all my pants. <laughs> but um, yeah, I feel like the seasons know when to stop and, and when to start. That's for sure. That's been a big surprise. But other than that, like I was, ex- I was expecting the snow. Mm. I was, I was definitely educated on that before I got here. Okay. But every season, you experience every season in the fullest, and they know they're very separate. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty great. I love yeah. that too about this place. Yeah. Which is good. I like the consistency. Yeah. Do mm-hmm. I like the winter? No, it's not my favorite. <laughs> no. But it there's consistency in yeah. each season. So right. you know yeah. what to expect. <laughs> Once you get into snow sports and you're like, yes, it's winter. But yeah. not everybody is a snow sport person. So I tried snowshoeing for the first time last <laughs> February. I'm gonna do it again this uh winter before winter's over. Um I really enjoyed that. Yeah, so, it's that was really like relaxing. One, yeah, it is. I did skiing once, never again. <laughs> I like wiped out so bad whenever I finally got off like the little kid hill. Yeah, <laughs> I just like I was trying to do like the pizza thing, like where you slow down, but I was like, oh, you actually have to like swerve back and forth to slow down, and I just kind of ragdolled so that I wouldn't hit anybody. Oh. <laughs> and like I was just, it was a cloud of white, and then mm. I was on my back, and so I think if I got lessons, I would, I would be back into it. But snowshoeing was really the most enjoyable thing. It was oh. more relaxing, great views. Yeah, skiing is a whole thing. Lessons are it definitely is. a plus. <laughs> I tried to teach my husband, and it ended about the same way yours did. So oh, he's no. not going to do that again for a while. Yeah. Oh, but we are so grateful to have you in Spokane. And you. you know me, I'm a major foodie. This is kind of my thing. So I would love to know, what are your favorite places to eat out here? And then I'm going to ask you what you haven't found yet, and I'm going to help you find a new favorite. Ooh, mm-hmm. yum. Okay, so... I actually – my two things I've, like, craved – I crave all the time now. Tacos, like, since before I, like, moved here, I've always loved tacos. Tex-Mex food 
all of that. Mm. Um, but I started liking sushi last year for the first time. I had a good sushi experience here. And so I've had um, – Umi is always, like, the best place to go. I feel like everyone votes for that. Um, anytime I'm looking for, like, a little less expensive, like, quick sushi fix, I go to Izumi on the South mm, Hill. Yes. Um, but back to tacos. I love Cochinito Taqueria mm -hmm. for tacos. Um, that's probably my top place now. And that's, like, recently, too. I got – I saw pictures. It may have been your pictures because, again, you guys are my foodie influencers. I'm always <laughs> looking at pictures at when I'm at work. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have that today. Um, but, yeah, the burrito tacos there yeah. are so good. Gosh. I dream about them. And if you love those tacos, have you been to Taco Vado yet? I have not. <gasps> oh. We just got so excited. Oh. Can you tell? If you like Tex-Mex, I mean, they're San Diego, like, yeah. type Mexican food, but they're queso, if you like queso. <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh. I will try that. But, yeah, anytime, yeah. anything Tex-Mex, anything barbecue, I tried mm. TT's for the first time. Whenever they were doing, like, the pre-orders for Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. their brisket. I did a live shot eating the brisket, and I was, like, emotional on camera. I had to, like, wrap it up fast because I was ready to keep eating. Um, so anything Chef Chad White has been good for me. Um, he's so he's, rad. Yeah. Great flavors in, like, everything he Have makes. you been to Zona Blanca? Then? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I actually did a live shot in, I think it was April last year, where I did an oyster shooter. Oh, and it was sweet. interesting. <laughs> I, like, didn't know... Oh. It was a lot of – it was a lot going on. I didn't know, like, whether or not I was supposed to, like, chew the egg or swallow the whole thing. It was it was interesting. But I've always – I only went that one time. I need to go back to try more things on the menu. Well, if you're a Tex-Mex person, then my, mm -hmm. my other recommendation for you would be – what is the name of that place? The library place. Oh, Bad Seed. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, My yeah. next recommendation would definitely be the Bad Seed in Bad Hilliard, Seed. which okay. is way out, kind of in its own little area. Mm -hmm. But the Bad Seed and Kismet are both – Kismet is more like Mexican and Spanish-inspired. Mm -hmm. Incredible. And Bad Seed is totally Tex-Mex. And it's this old library that's been transformed into like a bar and eatery. And it is flipping amazing. You have Ooh. queso by candlelight. Mm -hmm. Yes, please. So those – those would be my recs for you. So speaking of favorites, what are your favorite stories that you've covered in 2021? So I went back into my camera roll because I take pictures at all of my live shots and stories I cover. And I made a list to remember. Um, Stunt Pilot, whenever that opened in Silverwood, I got to go to like the media preview of the ride and got to do like a GoPro on me and, and film that whole thing. And that was a treat to do. Um, also Rage Escape. Do you guys know about yes, the yes. Rage Room? <laughs> that was a memorable one. Um, usually if like a story stands out to me, like I won't just do live shots. I'll make it into like a full story for the evening show. And that one I definitely had to do as well. I actually hurt my hand like in the live shot <laughs> when I was destroying a dresser. So that was memorable because I had like cuts on my knuckles for like a week. <laughs> and then another one was at the Northside Aquatic Center. So you remember when the heat wave happened? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I The very first, like, Monday of that week when we were expecting, like, record-breaking temperatures, I was, like, prepared to do, like, a pool live shot. 
And I remember shopping for, like, a TV-friendly bathing suit and the only, like, sparkly inner tube that was at a Target. I went all the way to Coeur d'Alene to get it. <laughs> and I was like, I'm prepared. And that was a really fun morning. It was, like, 70 degrees by 6 a.m. Oh. And that was, like, the most fun ever. Like, once – I feel like once in a lifetime live shot because, like, I'm cold most mornings here. <laughs> so I'm like, how often do I get to will I get to be in a pool this early in the morning? So that was really cool. Um, and then I talked about Green Bluff, of course. So anything every season in Green Bluff, I love going up there. And then one I think is really has been memorable for a lot of people was my scary woods story in mm -hmm. October. Cause I don't like scary things at all. Like I avoid, <laughs> but I went, they gave me like a preview of the Pharaoh's curse and um, I like went through it and they had some actors kind of like imitate what it would be like to be there at night for scary what. And it was just a lot of high pitched screaming and laughing <laughs> as I was like going through that. So I think that was really good. So yeah, definitely lots of memorable things there usually at my expense like with stunt pilot me screaming and then scary wood um but yeah i think those were the most fun stories i did i think that's really funny because actually i remember your scary wood me too like, that's, yeah. that's me as I a totally viewer because i was like oh my god yeah. i'm scared this yeah. is great because I, I would never do like things like that like normally right. so i'm always like yeah i'll do it for the morning show i think yeah. people enjoy that yeah <laughs> so i just like it. did it and um yeah and then the rage room i actually remember i forwarded it to you i forwarded mm -hmm. your your um like news piece to aaron mm -hmm. and i was like we've got to go and do this that's true that was mm -hmm. so fun yeah those were good ones to watch for sure <laughs> mm -hmm. well um how can people reach out to you i know they can follow you on kxly they can see you on the morning show but how else can people reach out to you if they have a story or if they just want to follow your work yeah, so um, definitely on Twitter. Um, do I say my handle? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So my Twitter, of course, and my handle's at uh, Destiny Without the Vowels, so D-S-T-N-Y, and then Full Richards um, and TV. And then um, Instagram, of course, and then email destinyr at kxly.com. So story ideas, whether it's um, new things happening in the community or um, even a new restaurant, anything like that. I would love it. Yum. Perfect. That's well, awesome. we'll have all this in the show notes, too. So if you're, you know, reading this or checking it out later, check it out on the show notes. You can contact Destiny. And thank you so much to Destiny for coming on the show. Don't forget to check out Destiny on Good Morning Northwest on KXLY4. A big shout out to our sponsor, One Tree Hard Cider. We love One Tree Hard Cider because it's made using Washington State ingredients and it's made in Spokane. With everyday cider flavors like lemon basil, huckleberry, strawberry kiwi, and seasonal favorites like pumpkin and snow globe, there's a One Tree Hard Cider for you. Go to OneTreeHardCider.com to find out where you can purchase your very own cider. And as always, drink responsibly.